This episode of Market Foolery is brought to you by Sure Payroll. If you're a small business owner, you know that payroll and payroll taxes can be a headache. Sure Payroll has simplified payroll services with just three easy steps online. To learn more, visit surepayroll.com/fool and get a free quote. It's Wednesday, January 11th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in the studio today for Million Dollar Portfolio and Explorer, the newest service here at the Motley Fool, Simon Erickson. Thanks for being here, Chris. Always a pleasure. We've we continue to have news. That's I, good. I, I, it is good. <laughs> I, I'm pleasantly surprised that the news just keeps on coming. So we'll we'll dip into the full mailbag in a little bit. Let's start, unfortunately, with the number one loser on the New York Stock Exchange today, and that is Super Value. Oof. Shares of the grocery chain down more than 8% after a pretty dismal third quarter report that included same store sales down nearly 6%. And you and I talked a little bit about this earlier this morning. I looked at this, and one of my thoughts was just how competitive the grocery space has gotten. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to me, Chris, because you had a 1.6% increase in GDP in 2016. And yet, you're seeing, a, like you mentioned, a nearly 6% decrease in same-store sales for super value. This is supposed to be a consumer staple that follows GDP. U.S. isn't just eating 6% less food this year than they did the year before that. So, you'd expect that this is going somewhere else competitively. Exactly like you mentioned, it's a competitive threat that super value is doing less business because their customers are going somewhere else. But it's a little bit confusing, too, because I think that the entire grocery market is seeing similar declines in same-store sales right now. Um, Looked up Target. Target is another super large seller of groceries across the United States. Comps down 0.2%, basically flat. Walmart, largest grocer in America, about 55% of sales comes from groceries, comps down 1.5% from Walmart. And even Whole Foods Market, you know, a niche grocer, grocer that's growing very quickly, had comps down 2.6%. So it seems that the traditional retail experience of selling groceries to consumers has been down around the board as people are finding new ways to order and deliver their food. Well, let's pull a couple of different threads here. One is you've got the traditional grocers. And that's the mainstay of their business. So that's super value. That's Whole Foods. That's Kroger. Uh, Safeway is in that group as well. Giant, uh, although I'm pretty sure Giant is not publicly traded, but uh, but Safeway is. Uh, but then, to your point, you've got Walmart and Target, which, while they have sold some you know edible staples for for a long time now, they are relatively recent entries into the fresh food market, into organics, into um, you know that type of thing. So they have, over the last decade, expanded the amount of groceries that they're offering. And there have been points in time where Super Value has been a good business to own and a good stock to have in your portfolio. But I just look at this entire space now, and I think, just in aggregate, there are so many more businesses. Selling fresh food and consumer staples, that I think this is tougher than ever to be in this industry. Definitely agree. And it used to be just you went to the grocery store, you picked up groceries, you went home. Walmart and Target then figured it out that if you can get the traffic in the store for the groceries, you'll walk out with a Lady Gaga CD and a Justin Bieber doll for your kids. Are there Justin Bieber dolls? 
I don't know. But if they did, they would probably sell those along the groceries. Let's hope not. Um, (laughs) Now, I mean, on top of that, people don't even want to go out for any kind of retail experience anymore. They want to have it delivered to their door. I mean, just at the place that we live, my neighbors just two days ago had Amazon Fresh delivered at their doorstep for a a minimal fee. Uh, That when you think about the time and the driving and everything else like that, it's it's quite appropriate for a lot of, of, of Americans. And then you've got Amazon, of course, the giant disruptor in this is any in any space almost, saying that they want to open potentially 2,000 bricks and mortar grocery stores within the next decade, which has just got everybody shaking right now. If Amazon's getting into your industry, that's almost always a bad sign for the traditional competitors. So, it's a changing space, Chris. I think more and more uh, people's time is driving them to not go to the grocery store as often as 10 years ago and just have it delivered instead. Yeah, the have you watched that video that Amazon produced on the the grocery store concept in Seattle that I believe initially was just open to employees and I think eventually they're going to open it to just well civilians um, where you you don't need there are no checkout people. You just go in, you've got your Amazon app, it tracks everything you're doing. It's mildly creepy. Yeah. I'm not, not going to lie. <laughs> it's mildly creepy, but it's also the sort of thing where you can just I mean, it, it does make the shopping experience a lot more streamlined, a lot easier. It, it it will be interesting to see how successful they are in rolling that out. It is safe to say my least favorite part of the shopping experience is standing in line at the very end. The auto show is happening in Detroit this week. We're going to have uh, Paul Leinert uh, from Thomson Reuters, who's uh, the bureau chief out in Detroit. He's going to be our guest on Motley Fool Money this week. Uh, going in depth on everything at the auto show, all the headlines there. But also this week, we've got the JP Morgan Healthcare Conference and Illumina, the gene sequencing biotech company, stealing the spotlight at the conference right out of the gate. Their shares were up 17% yesterday. I know they announced a new partnership with IBM. There's got to be more than that, though. What, like, what else is going on with this company? Yeah, gosh, so many neat things going on already in 2017 for Illumina. Uh, this is a position we hold in million-dollar portfolios. So, disclaimer on that: we really like the future um, that they're helping to create for genomic sequencing. Let's talk first about the IBM partnership that you mentioned. Doctors and oncologists around the world really read thousands of, of medical publications to figure out how to treat what it is that they are seeing in patients. Um, It takes a lot of time to do that. And so, what IBM brings to the table is they use Watson's artificial intelligence engine to quickly search through those um, to discover what, what what it believes is the best treatment option based on what it's seeing. What Illumina brings to the table through the genomic sequencers and the base space software platform is improving the what you see part of that sentence, where you're actually able to see a human's genome, you're actually able to see a tumor or or a cancer and exactly know how is the best way to treat this based on what we're seeing. So, uh, this is really exciting news, Chris. This This is really personalized medicine in action, where you run a test, you analyze the patient's DNA or a tumor, you look at you look for the anomalies or the alterations, and then you treat it based on what you're seeing. And um, this is going to be really the key for Illumina as a shareholder, uh, where you're trying to increase the value of the equity value of this company because now it's outside of the academic kind of research study realm into the hey we're really going after this market that we spend ninety billion dollars a year globally in the fight against cancer. So it's really showing some practical applications. Um, great announcement with IBM. 
Who is the competitor that keeps aluminum management up at night? Well, I mean, you saw last year Pacific Biosciences was was a publicly traded company that seemed to be making some progress. Uh, they had some some backers that were really behind them, putting some some serious money into the smart cell technology that they were doing, a different type of sequencing than Illumina was doing. But Roche just just backed away, you know, just discontinued their partnership within the past couple of months, uh, which solidifies Illumina's competitive position. Um, so I don't want to say they're absent of competitors, but Chris, they have done more than 90% of the high-throughput DNA tests globally, um, cumulatively around the world right now. So they're far and away the leader in a market that is growing pretty quickly. It's interesting to think about Watson, because if you're old enough to remember, you don't even have to be that old to remember, I guess you just need to be um, old enough to have, have paid attention at the time, where IBM's first big thing with Watson was having this AI supercomputer super compete on Jeopardy, compete right. on the game show. And at the time, it was it was this very interesting novelty, but there were very legitimate questions of, well, that's great, but what's the business here? And then, you know, here we are years later and seeing this type of application and seeing how it's sort of broadened. Poor Ken Jennings, right? He won, was it 75 times in a row on Jeopardy before he had to go up against Watson? That's just unfair. You know what? I'm not worried about Ken Jennings. That dude's fine. You know, it's it, it's not the worst thing in the world to say. You know, they had to build a supercomputer to take me down. So right, that's fine. And to your point, the the business case was was proven by being on Jeopardy to show, hey, Watson can understand the question that you're asking, give you the right answer, and then you can you can use that to do what it is that you're trying to accomplish. All right, before we dip it in the mailbag, quick word about Sure Payroll. If you're a small business owner. Or you're just uh, an individual who deals with any sort of payroll whatsoever. You already know what a headache it can be. Uh, small businesses pay hefty fines on a yearly basis due to payroll oversights. Well, now you can protect your business and remove the payroll tax complications with Sure Payroll. It's simple. You can use it on any device, and it's just three easy steps. You enter your employees' hours and salaries. You preview the taxes being deducted, and you approve the payroll. And that's it. You're done. Sure Payroll will automatically file and pay your federal, state, and local taxes. They make it easy and affordable to manage your small business payroll online so that you can focus on your business instead of worrying about late fees and fines. Customers include a range of business types such as dental offices, insurance agents, restaurants, barbershops, charitable foundations, tech startups, and Steve Broido, because Steve and his wife use it for their childcare. I was I was stunned when he told me that. I was like, really? He's like, oh, sure. I was like, hey, we have a new advertiser. It's it's sure payroll. He's like, really? I love them. That is one heck of an endorsement. Yeah, when you get when you get the man behind the glass right. giving you the thumbs up. I mean, you know it's legit. They also have a, a an A plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. So go to surepayroll.com/fool, fill out the free quote form. That's surepayroll.com/fool. Our email address is marketfoolery at fool.com from Ernie Swanson in California who writes, as a manufacturing engineer, I liked your comments recently about restaurant throughput. Do you think there is a restaurant bubble or glut? Here in Silicon Valley, every time a new strip mall opens, three-quarters of the retail space is more restaurants. It seems to me the market is saturated. I'll be honest, the headline to me there is that there are lots of strip malls being opened, (laughs) that, that, that people are still 
going into that business. But I think I think it's a it's a good question and one that we have kicked around from time to time. When you think about, I mean, just as there are more options for people in terms of grocery shopping than there were 10, 20 years ago, there are also more eating out options. Yeah, no doubt, Chris. Um, this is one we took a look at in October for Motley Fool Explorer. We looked at restaurants as the theme for the month. Um, the pick we we chose is up 18% since then. So it's it's been good. But if you remember back then, this was kind of a downturn as well when a lot of Wall Street analysts were saying it's, it's the death of the restaurant industry. Um, it's a tough space, there's no doubt. Um, the rent is expensive because you want to be in a location that, that people are going to. And if they're not right now and you actually are extremely successful and everyone's going there, you're probably going to have your rent increased anyway. The personnel is expensive because you have more and more restaurants uh, for really good chefs or really good personnel to work at, to choose from, so it demands higher salaries. Minimum wages going up in several states. And on top of all of that, um, you still have to remain relevant over years. You, you want to be the go-to place that people are actually going to. So these are all challenges. Um, it's, it's, I think, easy to make money in a year or two as a restaurant, as people are, are finding you as a new concept that sticks. But after, after a year or two, how do you, how do you remain relevant? It, it's really a big challenge that a lot of stock investors are, are talking about right now. I think that's at least part of why we have seen fast casual chains moving to include options that don't involve hiring more people because as you said it's it's more payroll it's more healthcare etc and if you look at what Panera Bread has done over the last couple of years they've not only improved the dining process they have managed to increase throughput and increase comps without really upping the number of people uh, that they're hiring, you know, when they've got those whole uh, the the fast pickup across, you know, like we've got across the street here in delivery too. Yeah, I mean, they're kind of the uh, the rock stars of the industry right now. They used to be the mosh pit, if you remember the, yes. the descriptions of Ron Panera. Shake. Yes, CEO Ron Shake saying getting through Panera was the mosh pit because nobody knew where where to go, where to pick up the drink, where to pick up the orders, and they've they've clearly streamlined that. I mean, it's so much easier. We have a Panera across the street. It's super easy to get in, put your order in and get out within a couple of minutes. That's the holy grail for restaurants. You want as much traffic going through in a standardized way as possible. Um, a simple menu, um, a long line, something that, that people keep coming back for is, is obviously everything that every restaurant wants to do out there. But again, that has its challenges too, Chris, because if you're successful with a concept, you almost guarantee you're going to have copycats that are going to pop up around the nation very close by, too, that are going to attract your traffic, too. Well, and I think that this is, in some ways, a greater challenge for independent restaurants than it is for fast, casual chains, or even more fine dining chains, like a, a Capital Grill or, or, or something like that. Because you have to spend time and energy and money on making sure that people know about your new concept, getting them through the door, you know what the experience is like. Whereas, if you go to a Capital Grill Steakhouse in one city and you show up, you know you're on a business trip in another city. You're you're you know what you're getting. You don't have to think hard about that. It's the same in the fast casual space with Panera Bread or or anyone, and then further down the line with fast food. Yeah, and I mean, I we we pose the question to our team of if you went back in time ten years ago. Which of the restaurants that you went to ten years ago are you still going to today? The only two I could come up with was Panera and Chick Fil A, at least as far as the fast casual concept. 
you know, catches on. And again, I mean, that's something that if you're a, a restaurant owner or a, or a franchise, you have to branch out and try new things. I think Chipotle's been trying that too. You know, you've seen them expand outside of the uh, their traditional Chipotle concept and other and other ideas. But again, it's it's a huge challenge for the entire industry. Um, hard to find winners for the long term in this space. I personally believe. How important is alcohol? Uh, in terms of the bottom line of any given restaurant, because it is a high margin offering, I'm just wondering if I'm just wondering if the the next move for Panera Bread to do even better is oh now we got to go beer and wine. Well, I mean for a sit down restaurant, it's crucially important. If you if you don't have liquor or alcohol in your restaurant, you're, it's hard to make any money at all from something like that. Uh, the fast, the fast casual concept really wasn't targeted for that. It was more of get people in and out of the restaurant quickly, have a limited number of tables, keep that long line moving, uh, not having people sitting around talking about their workday for for an hour or two. But I've I've seen alcohol in in several of those locations now. I think they're trying it out to see if they're able to capture the margin side of that without sacrificing the uh, the fast traffic side of it. I'm seeing that at movie theaters now too. Oh goodness. Yeah. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, it, it depends on the movie, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's a very good thing. Thanks for being here. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>